This is Carl Malamud for the Internet Multicasting Service. Today on Harper Audio, we feature Pulitzer Prize-winning poet Robert Frost, reading in the following order, The Road Not Taken, The Pasture, Mowing, Birches, After Apple Picking, and the evocative The Tuft of Flowers. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing bed had worn them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden back. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on the way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. I'm going out to clean the pasture spring. I'll only stop to rake the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear, I may. I shan't be gone long. You come, too. I'm going out to fetch the little calf that's standing by the mother. It's so young... It totters when she licks it with her tongue. I shan't be gone long. Uh, you come, too. There was never a sound beside the wood but one, and that was my long sigh whispering to the ground. What was it it whispered, I knew not well myself. Perhaps it was something about the heat of the sun, Something perhaps about the lack of sound, and that was why it whispered and did not speak. It was no dream of the gift of idle hours or easy gold at the hand of Fay or else. Anything more than the truth would have seemed too weak to the earnest love that laid the swale in rows, not without feeble-pointed spikes of flowers, pale orchises, and scared a bright green snake. The fact is the sweetest dream that labor knows. My long sighs whispered and left the hay to make. When I see birches bent to left and right across the lines of straighter, darker trees, I like to think some boy's been swinging them. But swinging doesn't bend them down to stay as ice storms do. Often you must have seen them loaded with ice a sunny winter morning after a rain. They click upon themselves as the breeze rises and turn many colored as the stir cracks and crazes their enamel. Soon the sun's warmth makes them shed crystal shells, shattering and avalanching on the snow crust. Such heaps of broken glass to sweep away you'd think the inner dome of heaven had fallen. 
They are dragged to the withered bracken by the load, and they seem not to break. Though once they're bowed so low for long, they never right themselves. You may see their trunks arching in the woods years afterward, trailing their leaves on the ground like girls on hands and knees that throw their hair before them over their heads to dry in the sun. But I was going to say, when Truth broke in with all her matter of fact about the ice storm, I should prefer to have had some boy bend them as he went out or in to fetch the cows, some boy too far from town to learn baseball, whose only play was what he found himself, summer or winter, and could play alone. One by one he subdued his father's trees by riding them down over and over again until he took the stiffness out of them, and not one but hung limp. Not one was left for him to conquer. He learned all there was to learn about not launching out too soon and so not carrying the tree away clear to the ground. He always kept his poise to the top branches, climbing carefully with the same pains you used to fill a cup up to the brim and even above the brim. Then he flung outward, feet first with a swish, kicking his way down through the air to the ground. So was I once myself a swinger of birches, and so I dream of going back to be. It's when I'm weary of considerations, and life is too much like a pathless wood where your face burns and tickles with the cobwebs broken across it, and one eye is weeping from a twig's having lashed across it open. I'd like to get away from earth a while, and then come back to it and begin over. May no fate willfully misunderstand me and half grant what I wish and snatch me away not to return. Earth's the right place for love. I don't know where it's likely to go better. I'd like to go by climbing a birch tree and climb black branches up a snow-white trunk toward heaven till the tree could bear no more but dipped its top and set me down again. That would be good both going and coming back. One could do worse and be a swinger of birches. My long, two-pointed ladder sticking through a tree toward heaven still. And there's a barrel that I didn't fill beside it, and there may be two or three apples I didn't pick upon some bough. But I am done with apple picking now. Essence of winter sleep is on the night. The scent of apples. I am drowsing off. I cannot rub the strangeness from my sight I got from looking through a pane of glass I skimmed this morning from the drinking trough and held against the world of hoary grass. It melted, and I let it fall and break. But I was well upon my way to sleep before it fell, and I could tell what form my dreaming was about to take. Magnified apples appear and disappear. Thin end and blossom end, and every fleck of russet showing clear. My instep arch not only keeps the ache, it keeps the pressure of a ladder round. I feel the ladder sway as the boughs bend, and I keep hearing from the cellar bin the rumbling sound of load on load of apples coming in, for I have had too much of apple picking. I am overtired of the great harvest I myself desired. There were ten thousand thousand fruit to touch, cherish in hand, let down and not let fall. For all that struck the earth, 
no matter if not bruised or spiked with stubble, went surely to the cider apple heap as of no worth. One can see what will trouble this sleep of mine, whatever sleep it is. Were he not gone, the woodchuck could say whether it's like his long sleep as I describe it coming on, or just some human sleep. I went to turn the grass once after one who mowed it in the dew before the sun. The dew was gone that made his blade so keen before I came to view the leveled scene. I looked for him behind an aisle of trees. I listened for his whetstone on the breeze. But he had gone his way, the grass all mown, and I must be as he had been, alone. As all must be, I said within my heart, whether they work together or apart. But as I said it swift, they passed me by, a noiseless wing, a bewildered butterfly, seeking with memories grown dim o'er night, some resting flower of yesterday's delight. And once I marked his flight go round and round as where some flower lay withering on the ground. And then he flew as far as I could see, and then on tremulous wing came back to me. I thought of questions that have no reply and would have turned to toss the grass to dry. But he turned first and led my eye to look at a tall tuft of flowers beside a brook, a leaping tongue of bloom the scythe had spared, beside a reedy brook the scythe had bared. The mower in the dew had loved them thus by leaving them to flourish, not for us, nor yet to draw one thought of ours to him, but from sheer morning gladness at the brim. The butterfly and I had led upon, nevertheless, a message from the dawn that made me hear the wakening birds around and hear his long sighs whispering to the ground and feel a spirit kindred to my own so that henceforth I work no more alone. But glad with him... I worked as with his aid, and weary sought at noon with him the shade, and dreaming as it were held brotherly speech with one whose thought I had not hoped to reach. Men worked together, I told him from the heart, whether they worked together or apart. This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of Harper Collins Publishers Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and & Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.